Welcome to the Clients and Conversions Podcast. I'm your host, Danielle Clem, and I've helped fellow entrepreneurs and business owners just like you harness the power of social media to grow your audience by the hundreds, 2x their launch sales, and have client leads banging down the door to book a call with you. And I'm the first to say that hustling and searching hours online for your next client or student is not the vital ingredient to your success or even your happiness. This podcast is for driven entrepreneurs, from coaches to course creators and everything in between, to access practical and actionable tactics on everything from how to get clients with Instagram advertising and really unlock the keys from sales and social media to get growth with the simplest tools possible while keeping it just long enough to get you through your walk, drive, or workout. So stick with us for this episode and the ones to come so you can get more clients and sales in less time. Now let's get into it. Hey guys, welcome back. Today we have on Ruby Lee, who helps coaches find powerful clarity and magnetize their aligned clients authentically through LinkedIn. I'm so excited to have you on here because she, oh my gosh, just shares so much good knowledge and will really help break the stigma around LinkedIn once and for all. So welcome to the podcast, Ruby. Thank you so much for having me, Danielle. I'm so excited to be here. I am too. And I'm really excited to go into not only LinkedIn itself, but really breaking down the barriers of it, why it's really important for people to go into right now. But before we go into all that kind of good stuff, I'd love the audience to kind of learn more about you and really let them know a little bit about kind of how you grew up to what led you going down this path. Oh, wow. Okay. So I am in Australia. You might be able to hear it in my accent. (laughs) And I really am someone who has always been very entrepreneurial. I've known it from a really young age. I tell the story to my audience that I was around six years old and I was busking out the front of my house. I got dressed up in my clown costume. I had my stereo playing Mariah Carey dream, um, dream lover. (laughs) And I was basically just doing my thing. And every weekend I would come back from my day busking with, you know, a couple of dollars, which was really, really big. And I remember getting down to the general store and buying some candies and it was just the best thing. And my mom would always say to me, where do you get this from? I'm like, I don't know. But ever since then, I have always been someone who's really been passionate about entrepreneurship without even knowing it in my early years. But, you know, there were signs once I sort of graduated from college, hit corporate life. I actually worked a corporate job in HR and recruitment for about 10 years. And in this whole period of my life, I always felt like a misfit. I always felt like, no, I'm not made for the rules. I'm not made to be put in a box. Like there, there is more, there has to be more to just climbing the ladder and doing the things, which of course has been a really beautiful part and evolution that I'm seeing now on social media where a lot of us are recognizing we have the reins, we have the power to create a life that we love and and a life full of freedom. So two years ago, I left my corporate job. I went all into my coaching business, which at the time was making less than $5,000 months. But I knew that there was so much potential there. And in these last two years, things have been magical. I mean, I've grown my brand specifically on LinkedIn, which is what we're here to talk about today. I've traveled the world as a digital nomad with a young family. So I have two kids and we've grown our business now to 
oh, it's just been so amazing. It's been global. I teach coaches how to scale online. And in the two years, we've hit just over $700,000 in revenue for our business. So I'm so excited to share you know, all the things that you have to ask, but that's a little snapshot of who I am and, and where I've come from. That's amazing. And I want to say for those two who are listening that when it comes to starting, like actually doing the thing, like you said, for most people, including myself, the first year and even like half of the second year of business usually are, are around that mark of like the under 5k. If, unless you're a golden unicorn, if you are, then that's amazing. But I just think it's really good to mention that because you didn't just say off the gate, I'm making all this kind of money, even though you are now, you really found your groove. I think it's really nice to have that mention for those out there so that they don't feel always pressured to like have the crazy month within their first year type of thing. Oh, I totally agree. I absolutely agree. And it's not like it's the worst thing to be under 5k months because, you know, for a lot of us, it's almost like, okay, well, income's coming through and we're able to experiment and work out what's going to be best fit. We're still working out. Do we actually like our ideal client avatar? Mm. Do we actually know and feel into the transformation that we're wanting to provide our perfect clients. So a lot of that first year is working that out. I mean, I had so many pivots during that time and so many changes that I made. And I think that's part of the beautiful aspect in business is that we can change the rules and we can make mistakes every now and again. You pick yourself up, you try again, you make you know changes that feel really good. And I, I speak about it from a real soul aligned point of view. So you know, if it doesn't feel good to your soul and you're not joyful and you're not waking up every day totally obsessed with your business, it could be a sign that you're not quite fully stepping into that authentic you just yet. Yes, a hundred percent. And that's actually a great place to go into because of, you mentioned that soul alignment, especially around the things you're doing, the people you're talking to, the marketing you're doing. I'm curious to hear what was your kind of either nudge or reasoning with going on to LinkedIn, like really putting effort into going on there versus the other platforms like, you know, Instagram, Facebook, and so forth. Oh my gosh. Yes. So I, like I mentioned earlier, started my career in HR and recruitment. So LinkedIn was sort of the natural place for me to begin because I knew it from a social media standpoint and certainly from a corporate point of view, but it felt more comfortable to me than let's say Instagram. I had no idea how to do Instagram, but I knew how to use LinkedIn. And so I guess the the flip side of the coin as well was LinkedIn is a very scary place if you don't know how to use the platform well. Mm. Or so I had thought at the time, I'm sure some of you listening in are going, yes, that's exactly why I haven't used it. And I was really at this pivot point and crossroads where I was leaving my nine to five corporate, but also really ready to dive into my business. And I had all the limiting beliefs wash over me. You know, what would my peers in the industry think? What about my ex-colleagues? Are they going to poke fun at me? So much fear of judgment. And it just seems personified on LinkedIn over somewhere like Facebook and, and Instagram, where you can sort of have a separation from your past life. Mm. And, you know, but at the same time, I'm like, I'm just going to give it a go because nobody had really made their mark on LinkedIn the way that I saw coaches, entrepreneurs, and influencers do it on other platforms. So my journey began 
on LinkedIn, January 2018. So just over two years ago, because LinkedIn came out with a native video on, on feed, which was mm-hmm. like crazy, right? I mean, obviously we've been able to do video everywhere else, but LinkedIn never had the video capability. So when they had released it and rolled it out, I thought, no one's making videos. Why is that? This is an incredible platform and I'm just going to do it. I'm going to make a video. And I posted my first ever video on LinkedIn and within 24 hours, it had 25,000 views. I was like, what? I mean, the algorithm is incredibly generous on the LinkedIn platform. So my journey began there. January, 2018, there's been no looking back. I love that story because I think it really helps people see that right now, and this is something that's been talked about for the last, I would say, like you said, two years, I actually went to the Social Media Marketing World Conference, I think in 2018, and I remember listening to an actual talk about LinkedIn, and they're talking about the video and how they were able to get like hundreds of thousands of views from their one video, and it's kind of like the wild, wild west where Facebook used to be and Instagram used to be years ago. And it's like this hidden gem, but people are still kind of, I think, hesitant to jump on it, especially for those who might feel a little more casual or informal, like in their personality. So I'd love to hear for you when you have someone who comes across saying like, hey, it feels kind of like stuffy or like too professional on there. I don't know if I'll fit in. What's your normal um, conversation with them? It is the opposite of professional and stuffy because LinkedIn's been seeing this for over 10 years. You know, it's just been all corporates selling their very polished messages. And here you are on video standing out like a sore thumb going, Mm -hmm. oh my gosh, I've no idea why I'm doing this, but I'm creating a video. Hi, everybody. You might know me as Ruby the Recruiter back in the old days. Since then, I've actually taken the leap and I've created my own business and I want to share my entrepreneurial journey with you and I hope you enjoy it. I'm going to jump in and do daily videos. I'm going to share the good and the challenging, my client wins, the things that I'm doing as I'm traveling the world because guess what, guys? I can travel the world now without just needing to wait for holiday leave. So come along and watch on, subscribe to my channel, follow along and it was so organic. That's all it was. It felt as though I was just talking to my friends and that was definitely a lens that I had to put on, you know, almost just putting myself in the shoes of speaking to my, my work besties, you know, your, your best friends that you're hanging out with in the office. That was the lens I put on, not the lens of, oh, super scary suit man is judging me over there. And, you know, all these professional photos staring back at me. It was really just pretending as though you were in grabbing a coffee with your friends at work and you were telling them about your day and you know what you were doing in your side hustle. And from that place, I was able to really grow an aligned audience, super cool millennials on the platform who are also wanting to do the same thing. And you know, so many incredible leads that came through who were just bang on my target market. So yeah, I think for, for anyone here that's listening, You don't need to overproduce on LinkedIn. You definitely don't need to have a script. Speak from a place that you just want to share, just as you would do on Instagram stories. Yeah, that's actually really interesting about sharing 
so much more than just those kind of like tip videos or the how-to or, you know, strategy-based. I'm, I think that's something that I haven't heard a lot of people talk about because usually when I hear those topics mentioned, they're in regards to YouTube or whatnot, like those type of like kind of vlogging life type of videos. So I'm interested to hear how those went for you. Like, how do you kind of find that line between I'm going to kind of open up and share with you guys to is this still okay on LinkedIn to share or, you know, is it the right tone to share? Yeah. I mean, so LinkedIn, it's a platform that has over 575 million users. It's, it's pretty decent. You know, Mm -hmm. it's, it's up there, but only 1% of those users are actually using the platform regularly to share content. So thinking about the the platform itself being, let's call it mostly business-based, whether it's big corporations, entrepreneurs, small business owners, what are they wanting to hear? Mm -hmm. So thinking about it from that perspective, where I chose to share my entrepreneurial journey rather than This video is about three tips to blah, blah, blah. I mean, obviously we can mix that in, but coming in from a real documentation point of view, so sharing your story of how you got to starting your business, the the ups and the downs, that, that goes really well on LinkedIn. One of the, actually one of my viral videos, which had over 2 million views on the platform, was me talking about how a client of mine had stolen my work and actually just copied all of it and sold it as her own. And this was before I had learned about copyright and trademarks. And, you know, I was pretty early on in my, in my business journey and I saw that and it really hurt me. So I took to LinkedIn and I said, Oh my gosh, you know, has anyone ever experienced this? It's been a real shock to my system that a client that I loved working with. And I thought we had a certain level of trust would betray me in this way, but also just blatantly go out there and do this. I mean, 2 million views, you can imagine like thousands and thousands of comments of people saying, oh my gosh, yes, that's happened to me as well. Or yes, like, you know, it happens all the time in the coaching world. It's so hard. So it created this really beautiful, safe space to share, but also finding your people on the platform. That's very vulnerable to share something like this. But at the same time, it was a real opener for people who could see me and my journey and also share in theirs at the same time. Yeah. That actually is a really good point, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but it sounds like the videos that you share and the ones that seem to be doing the best are ones that are basically your story that you kind of like either are business related or you can tie into business, correct? Absolutely. Absolutely. So it really is the best and the fastest way to build your personal brand and to gain more visibility and authority on LinkedIn when you're able to actually share your business story rather than speaking about it, bring people into it. That's a really great point there. And I wish, I wish that people would understand that more of actually talked about that a couple of weeks ago on the difference between showing versus telling. And Mm -hmm. I'm seeing that a lot right now in the marketing space, even for me, for someone who does ads, a lot of people are saying, Oh, there's such good ad costs right now. They're so low. But to those who don't even know what good ad costs are, they're going to be like, why does that matter? Versus showing them with something that I did, an experiment of sorts and show them the results, walk them through that made it a journey for them. 
it's going to hit a lot harder. It's going to resonate more. And same thing for what you're saying is like showing the triumphs and sometimes even the, the fails that happen as well. Yeah. And when you're doing that, guess what happens? People will be interested and intrigued to know how you did that or how you got through that. And they're opening up as well to say, so in, in the previous example, I would have booked, I think about 10 or 12 people just from that post who said to me, I loved how vulnerable you are. You were exactly the type of coach that I'm looking for. Someone who is open to sharing the good and the challenging, but also the way that you handled that situation is really, really admirable. And I'm, I am looking for a business coach. Do you have any spots open? I want to learn how you use LinkedIn, how you scale and grow, how you move through the difficult times. That's how we generate leads on LinkedIn. That's that's the number one way to do it over just saying, hi, everyone, I have my new program out. It's really going to help you do this, this, and this. It's a three-step program. Download the free opt-in. It's it, Throw all of that formula out of the window with LinkedIn. It does not work. Share from your soul first and people will gravitate towards you. It might take two or three months to get there, but if you're consistent with it, that's how you start to really connect. I mean, LinkedIn, after all, is a networking platform. It's not a sales platform. So how do you network? You're growing through finding your aligned people on there. That's 100% correct. At least from what I've seen from the people who I know have had really good success with it is seeing it and really viewing it from I'm here to connect. I'm here to network with people, like build relationships versus just add more of those connections, you know, at the, um, on the connection tab. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And, you know, you'll have LinkedIn experts that argue the opposite. You know, they'll say, connect with as many people as you can. And when you connect with them, you know, put a welcome message in there with a link to your free opt-in. And then you can use different tools within LinkedIn, like Sales Navigator, where you can, you know, use the demographics around your audience and, you know, send them all emails and tap them on the shoulder. You can go down that route for sure. There's no right or wrong. What I'm sharing here is mainly for those of you who find this approach a breath of fresh air, where you don't really need to have an over-formulated way to create funnels and sales and instead have people come to you. I wish that this type of approach for really any marketing would be talked about more because this is something that I've seen a lot for the last couple podcasts guests I've even had on as well, where the themes that are going to be moving into are the ones that are personality driven or they are story driven. The ones who are going to be able to create that like life proof business is because you're making yourself that brand, not just your offer or not just, you know, whatever you're currently trying to promote at that time. Mm. Yeah, it really is the personal branding platform. So the reason for that is because you can also see somebody's career history. So you can put as much or as little as you want into your profile, but let's say where you are now as a coach, it, it doesn't, give you the full picture. You know, like if you were on Instagram or Facebook, you kind of go, oh yeah, you know, Danny's a coach, but so there's something about LinkedIn seeing your journey career-wise and professionally and who you worked for and 
even if you've just done like a college degree or something like that, say, oh, wow, that's super interesting to know all of that. So whilst it isn't just a stuffy professional platform, you know, with their best sort of like buttoned up selves look, it also is a really great way to earn trust through your past experiences. It's, it's such a dynamic platform because, you know, you can have things like um, recommendations, referrals, endorsements, having people actually talk about working with you and having a, a testimonials based profile. Whereas on other platforms, it's a little bit harder to find, you know, on Instagram, you have to scroll through the highlights to see what testimonials you've got on there. Whereas on LinkedIn, it's just there like smack bang on your profile. You see someone recommending you and it builds that trust straight away. That's actually a really good point around how it's a lot harder to find those type of testimonials. Even for me, I mean, um, I have a literal page dedicated to it on my website and I do have uh, Instagram highlights and I'll still get people who are like, hey, do you have any testimonials? Or like, do you have any people who have case studies? I'm like, yeah, they're literally on these places. (laughs) But because people don't think or they don't, know where to look naturally versus LinkedIn just has it right there. It makes a lot of sense why there are those type of like connection points that are a lot easier with LinkedIn, or at least I feel like a lot more resonant with LinkedIn. Exactly. Well, I think this is actually a great place to go into as well, because the question people are going to say is, okay, you got me. I think I want to start with LinkedIn. So where do I start with LinkedIn on building a personal brand there? So I would love for you to talk a little bit about even for your journey or how you help your clients, what are kind of the first couple questions or exercises or places you kind of help them to start to figure out how they want to show up on LinkedIn? So the first thing is we need a profile. You need to sign up. It's free to sign up. And if you don't already have one, just, you know, create one. It's, it'll take you five minutes to put together If you have one and it's a little older, it's an old resume of yours that's been sitting on the platform for goodness knows how many years and you have not updated it. It was funny the other day, I was speaking to one of my coaching peers in the industry. She's doing super well and she still has on her LinkedIn profile, cocktail waitress. (laughs) It was hilarious to see that. I said to her, oh my gosh, you know, look at you making a million dollars a year as a coach, but zero presence on LinkedIn. And if anyone were to look her up, it was like cocktail waitress. And so if that is you, find time over the weekend to update your profile. And you can use mine as an example, just find me, I'm Ruby Lee, and you can update your headline, update your profile photo, and you know, your, um, your headline statement can be exactly the same as your Instagram bio statement. So typically it's an I help statement or, you know, you could even just put some keywords because the other thing I love about LinkedIn is your profile always shows up as almost the top one to five hits on Google. It's incredibly searchable through Google SEO. It's just amazing. So if you type in your name right now into Google, I, unless you've got a really common name, I would almost guarantee you're on the first, your LinkedIn profile will show up on the first page. It's enormously amazing for search. So make sure you have keywords in your profile. Don't go nuts with it, make it flowy, but just have the keywords that you want to be found for. And if you don't yet have connections, our goal is to get to a minimum 500 connections. So this is a, a reputable stamp on LinkedIn where 
it'll automatically switch to 500 plus connections on LinkedIn. So I would just start looking at or asking your other audiences, are you on LinkedIn? Let's connect on there. You might even want to approach some people on LinkedIn and connect with them if they have interesting profiles. Don't be shy. Don't be afraid to do that. And from here, you can, by the way, start creating content even before having 500 connections. I don't want that to be a barrier, but it does help down the track. Now, as soon as you have your profile set up, you can start uploading videos on the platform. You can try photo posts, text posts. You can share content from, let's say, your YouTube channel onto LinkedIn. You can do so much on here. The recommendation I have for you is to just start. Give it a go. Have a play around with it. Even if nobody watches your content, you're starting to get a feel for the platform and what the algorithm likes. And, you know, that, that sort of thing is very important as you're starting any new platform and really feeling your way around it and getting used to posting. That's actually something that I wanted to go into as well around the content, because first off, yes, I love that point about the 500 plus connections. I do see a lot of those who are bigger names or even just people who, you know, a little bit more around in the industry seem to always have that 500 plus connections. And it's because like you said, it is a standard, but I think this piece around the contents or posting in general is going to be actually a really thing, good thing to go into because the first thing for those who've gone on to, to LinkedIn will say, okay, so I see there's posts versus articles. So what is your normal conversation with where should they be spending more of their time should they be doing articles? Should they be doing only posts? What's your normal kind of like opinion about those? Okay. So in order to take the most advantage out of this delicious algorithm, I would say it's a mixture of videos. So under three minutes is my advice. Mm -hmm. A three minute video, let's say it's sometimes it's even just a 15 second boomerang. That's, I will just repurpose my, my boomies from Instagram, but I will always create a long form written post with it. So on LinkedIn, you can have up to 1300 characters where you can write a little something about your day or share some tips or document the journey in your written post. So I would go video first because LinkedIn actually do want more video content creators on the platform. So they're always going to bump up videos over any other type of post. Secondly, photo posts do really well. So just like an Instagram post, you can, you can actually just repurpose from Instagram, but make it sound a little bit more for LinkedIn. So let's say on Instagram, if you have languaging like you know, hi loves or hi babe or something like that. Like, hey girl, maybe on LinkedIn, it could be something different. Like hi LinkedIn family. Great. You know, I'm so excited to be here to share this post today. So just customize it a little bit more for the platform. And then the third thing that's really going to be great for you is as Danielle mentioned, articles. So articles are great because they're evergreen. The thing is with the LinkedIn feed, as with most feeds, it's really hard to find a past post that you did once it's been there and gone. It's not really like Instagram where you can go and refer back to it. Think of it more of a Twitter feed, except not so intense with like within 20 minutes it's gone. But with articles, they stay on your profile. It's easily accessible. And it's also a great way to 
create some backlinks into mm. opt-ins, into um, potentially other blogs, podcasts that you've been on or that you've created. So they are my top three in terms of content. That's a really great mention actually about the backlinks. We're actually going to be having someone on, on SEO in a couple of weeks. So that'll be great to have her mention it. Um, but I think that's actually a really good point because even when I've been on LinkedIn, funny enough, I remember actually I used an Instagram story of mine and put it on LinkedIn just because I was, I thought I was being lazy, <laughs> but actually I seemed to get a couple of um, likes or impressions on there on LinkedIn, which I was very surprised by. I thought it wouldn't be well received and it was moderately well received. So I love that mention, like you said, about repurposing some of those things that maybe you thought before were, you know, not able to use because it wasn't going to be right for the platform when if it's something that you think can be valuable or helpful or even entertaining is something to try out. Exactly. So if you are repurposing, make sure that it's not, um, so how do I say this? So make sure that it is made, it looks as though it's made for LinkedIn. So just mm -hmm. like the languaging that I suggested earlier, if it's a video where you're literally saying, hi, YouTube subscribers, maybe just take that first bit out. <laughs> so that it's not too obvious that you've just taken something from another platform and dumped it in LinkedIn. And thirdly, you want to also use hashtags. So LinkedIn brought in hashtags about, oh, I think I want to say like six to nine months ago. This is it guys. This is how new LinkedIn is. Like hashtags came in six to nine months ago. <laughs> it's just crazy. <laughs> You know, um, but it's very similar to the hashtags that you might be using on TikTok, for example. Very basic. So if you're, a, if you're an online coach, hashtag online coach. If you're a fitness instructor, hashtag fitness. Like I'm talking Instagram when it just started. That's where LinkedIn's hashtag game is at. But people are following hashtags. They will discover you through hashtags. And it's really easy to trend via hashtags, which is amazing. Mm, that's actually a really good note. I remember, I think I've done one or two posts on, I don't even remember, <laughs> like last week or two weeks ago. And I used some hashtags, which to me, because I'm so used to Instagram having to be hyper specific or very niche down when I saw things just like hashtag Facebook advertising. I was like, this seems too good to be true. <laughs> like it seems too, too general. I'm telling you, that is just literally how basic AF that is. Like, like hashtags are so easy on LinkedIn. And I will have so many of my uh, clients who I coach with LinkedIn saying, oh my gosh, Ruby, I'm trending under financial advice if they're, you know, advisors. I'm like, yes, it's the one platform where you still have so much visibility and opportunity to be found. That's such a good point there. And I want to have these last two points before we go into rapid fire around around one thing that you do have as well is for those who are also out here who are trying to let's say well ironically we're on the podcast <laughs> so let's say we're trying to promote our podcast on linkedin or we're trying to bring something that's not normally linkedin based but is content onto the platform what is your normal way of helping people kind of go off the platform? Because obviously with Facebook or link or Facebook or Instagram, it's, you have usually those like link and bio type things, but with posts, it's a little bit more like the link actually is inside of the post or, you know, underneath it, whatnot. So I'm curious to hear for you, if you're trying to promote your podcast on LinkedIn, like once a week or so or whatnot, what is your normal strategy for helping people to kind of 
leave the platform to check out some secondary content or do you not recommend that? Oh yeah, no, I definitely do. So I, there's arguments around, do you leave the link in the post itself or do you leave it in the first comment? There's Mm -hmm. some indication that the algorithm favors, uh, Uh, when you do leave the link in the first comment, because obviously maybe a bot can read when you're leading people off the platform. But for example, yesterday I had posted a, um, a video all about the difference between group coaching and masterminds. And I actually had a podcast episode about this as well. So I made a short video on it, a three minute video, did a 1300 character post And in the post, so this is an example of me having the link in the post itself. I said, if you're interested to listen to the episode, here is the link. And I just create a little bit.ly link, a shorter link, and off it goes. So that's been amazing for driving traffic to my podcast. The main strategy, however, is I will transcribe my podcast into a blog. The blog then gets pinned on Pinterest. And I will also take one or two paragraphs of that blog and natively post that in as a LinkedIn article. And Mm. if people love reading the first two paragraphs, they will just click on read more here, which will then take them to my website or listen more here, which will then take them to my podcast. Does that make sense? Yes. I love it because that is something that I wish more people would do around um, podcasts Something that even I need to be doing more on promoting your actual website show notes page or transcription page instead of just going straight to Apple or straight to Spotify, not because you don't want them to go to the link, but because you want to make sure that you get them to a place that's going to be able to kind of, I guess, have a better user experience than just straight there. So I love that. It's a great example of repurposing and even more so is really helping guide the person to either view or read more depending on like what is their medium than just like slapping on a couple short things you know bullet points and then saying go listen here oh yeah I've seen a lot of my clients are youtubers Mm -hmm. and they'll say can I just copy the link in and post it and it you know shows up as a thumbnail anyway and it's a click to play I can almost guarantee that will not work as well as you would hope that it does unless you actually transcribe a little bit of the video not too much just one paragraph even giving some context around it and then linking the youtube video taking the thumbnail out which almost says youtube and inserting another photo instead like that works really well because it feels native for the platform it's amazing how just that one little switch up of strategy drives way more traffic than just as you say three dot points and a link out i love that and i think it's going to be really resonant to a lot of people who are listening to this because right now especially in the place of content there is There's so many ways people can go about it, but really if you can help kind of give people more context, like what you're doing to creating more stories around these things first, you'll have a lot easier of a time than bringing them onto YouTube or podcast or wherever you want them to go next. Exactly. And I will just say one more thing about growing on LinkedIn. If you are not prepared to network, there's that word again, meaning that you're just on the platform to create and not to actually communicate and comment on other people's work and connect and that sort of thing, like being able to at least watch 
five other people do their thing and leaving comments on, let's say five different profiles every day, that's going to exponentially help you be seen and personal brand in a bigger way because it shows that you're not just there for one intention. You're actually there to grow relationships. And so if you're thinking, oh, it's just another platform that I can take advantage of. And Ruby said the algorithm is great. A lot of this is dependent on you making an effort to network. That's actually something that is really good to note because I think it was last week or again, the week prior, there was some post that I wrote. Again, it was very similar to just like, hey, there's this quick paragraph. Here's this, here's a link I left. And I remember even LinkedIn gave me a suggestion of, hey, you know, if you want this post to do better, try, uh, I think it was like tagging or commenting people to start the conversation to go. They're literally asking you to start that conversation. Yes. Oh my gosh. I didn't know LinkedIn did that. See, so that's actually... It's probably because you're doing a good job. (laughs) (laughs) No, but it's LinkedIn actually going, okay, we want you guys to be engaged and love this platform. And here are some ways that you can do that. So I'm glad that my advice was uh was, was similar to linkedin's <laughs> <laughs> no it really is true and you know i'm someone who again i always love i think content is something that is really fun to do for the creator we forget that the community building is so important so that way your content doesn't just get a couple views or a couple listens and then dies out when you have a community or when you're building a network you're really able to have those podcasts or videos then be not only seen more, but hopefully commented or resonating more than just uh, throw it up once. Yes. And, and that's it. You know, it's like the effort and not that things have to be hard for it to be successful, but the time and the love that you put into something will be fruitful. However, if you are just thinking, oh, it's just going to be a place that Oh, maybe I can just, you know, like Twitter is a great example. I'll just, you know, retweet it and whatever and not really pay much attention. Of course, you're not going to get the results that you're desiring. And then I hear people say, oh, LinkedIn just doesn't work for me. But when you dig a little deeper, it's like, here are the reasons why they haven't worked. Your energy hasn't been behind it. Mostly it's that. I fully agree. And I think this is a great place to end before we go into rapid fire round because for a lot of people, I think they just need to re like hear and re-listen to the point of it, the results happen when you put in the work, when you put in the energy and the intention to with anything in your business, but especially with LinkedIn, there's so much at your fingertips. You just have to find someone like Ruby who can help you and also find the intentionality to say, Hey, I'm going to go all in, even if it's for the next two months or three months or four months and just actually go all in on whatever strategy you're choosing. Exactly. Exactly. I'm so glad that you asked all these questions, Danielle, because it's sometimes hard when you think, oh yeah, I want to be able to help more people understand LinkedIn, but I'm not sure where to start. Your (laughs) questions were so perfect. So thank you for crafting such amazing questions. My pleasure. I'm here to help kind of get in the minds of my listeners and think what would they probably want to ask you if they had the chance to. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Amazing. Okay. So before we finish, I love doing this rapid fire round. So it's like four to five questions where I give you just a small like favorite book you ever read, something like that. And the first thing that comes to your mind, you say. So are you ready? I'm so ready. Awesome. Okay. So the first question is favorite book you've ever read or currently reading? Favorite book I ever read 
It is by Vishen Lakani, who's the founder of Mind Valley, and it's called The Code of the Extraordinary Mind. Mm. And my current book that I'm reading is Rise, Sister Rise by Rebecca Campbell. That's actually a really good book. I love that book from her. I love her oracle cards. <laughs> I'm obsessed. I know I got them too when they first came out. I think I had them somewhere in one of my cabinets. <laughs> so beautiful. So I'm, I'm only about a quarter of the way through, but loving it so far. It's amazing. Okay. So this one's a little bit harder of a question, but it's whatever first comes to your mind. So favorite word that you use or even favorite phrase that you use daily? Oh, I use my slogan daily, own your hustle, because it's almost, I I finish all of my videos with it. So I'm always saying like, remember, you can absolutely own your hustle. I say that every single day. So good. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. What is something you're not very good at or working to get better at? I, I'm definitely not good at the detail. I actually really hate it. And I actually read this book. Oh, it was a buy. It's, it's called Zone of Genius and mm. it'll come to me. But yeah, I, that book also really changed my life because it made me realize, my gosh, you know, like I don't need to be good at that. You know, the, your whole life you get told, be good at the detail. I now hire people to help me proofread and edit, for example. So it's more of that. And, and I'm, I'm loud and proud. I'm like, I'm big picture visionary. I'm okay being up here. Somebody else really help me with the groundwork, please. And I've been able to really call in the perfect team for me to help support me through that. That's amazing. And that's something that a lot of people don't realize until they're a couple of years into business when they're actually able to kind of zoom out and say, oh, right, this is actually what I want to continue doing and doing my business versus what I can outsource. Exactly. I mean, that was such a game changer for me, for sure. Like that, oh, it was, as soon as I realized that, I'm like, oh my gosh, why hadn't I thought about that earlier? The book is by Gay Hendricks. Oh yeah. I love him. I'm actually a little bit far, I'm probably like halfway into The Big Leap. Yes. Yes. I read that too. We have the same book taste. <laughs> I think a lot of us who are trying to up level and help self-development in those ways definitely are reading those yes. books. Okay. Last two questions. What is one characteristic that you believe every entrepreneur needs to have? Oh, I would say, oh, just one. Okay. <laughs> I would say authenticity. Mm. So when you are it almost, you can feel it, you know, when, whenever you're watching people on a platform and you're, maybe you have the opportunity to meet them, you can feel authenticity. You can't fake that. And there's something really powerful about that. And don't ever lose that, which helps you just continue to grow over time. And you know, I find a lot of us who maybe have experienced burnout and feel as though, you know, oh, I hate my business. I want to burn it down to the ground or I'm attracting all the worst clients. It could come down to you not fully letting your most authentic light shine through. And when you do, oh my gosh, so many portals open up, so many amazing opportunities come your way. All the universe wants you to do is to be your most authentic self. So go do that. And, you know, a lot more clarity will flow through your business, your life, your relationships. And there is a huge calling right now for that as well. For those who are curious, I've seen a lot of posts in the last year to especially the last couple months in general, where people are 
I don't know if this is a great way of going about it, but they call out those who are not being authentic or who, you know, they thought were one, one person, but wasn't in the industry and those type of things. And it's becoming more prominent because people are becoming more aware to the actual way that you feel energetically when you're watching someone on video or you're listening to them on a podcast. I mean, that's something that I do even, you know, uh, subconsciously because it just is so ingrained in me now to say, okay, is what you're saying actually lining up with what I'm feeling from you? If not, then I'm going to have to like leave. Yes, exactly. Exactly. I had a moment last year where I met one of my not a, a mentor, like she didn't know she was my mentor, but she was my mentor. Yeah, <laughs> I was, um, you know, really, I, I looked up to her a lot and I went to one of her events and I was so sad because you just feel, you know, like, oh, wow, like what and how you, you are online is so different in person. Yeah. And so the way that, yeah, you phrased that question that just sort of flashed up where I was like, yeah, it, it, it has to be authenticity for me. It does. And this actually goes great into the last question, which is what does success look like to you in your own eyes? Well, very similar. So success to me feels like being obsessed with my business and loving it from a real soul's joy perspective where you wake up every day, you're excited to see what's to come. You know, even if little hiccups happen along the way, you see it as a real growth. You know, it's an opportunity for you to take that step to that next level. And, you know, I love, I love being in this place. And I feel like that success, knowing that what you do is truly what you love doing, not what you have to do or need to do. So good. Okay. So I know everyone who's listening to this is going to say, I need more Ruby in my life. You know, how can I find her? How can I hang out with her? So can you give the audience a little taste on what they can look out for from you and where to connect with you? Oh my gosh. Yes. Okay. So if you want the full Ruby Lee experience and, and to binge on some content, I would actually get you to tune into my podcast, Own Your Hustle. And, you know, there's 133 episodes, but a lot of people who start listening, listen from episode one and they get the, the full documentation of how I left my corporate job into LinkedIn world, into scaling, becoming a digital nomad. So if you want to get that whole story, go there. Otherwise we talked about LinkedIn today. So come join me on LinkedIn. I'm Ruby Lee. And I also love hanging out on Instagram underscore Ruby Lee underscore. And those links will all be down below. So you guys can find her there and go listen to her podcast, find her and just have her more in your life. So I just want to say thank you guys for listening. And even more so, thank you so much Ruby for coming on and sharing your expertise because I know so many people are going to find so much value out of this. Thank you so much, Danielle. Thank you listeners for staying to the very end. And, you know, I really hope that it brought you a lot of value. Take some action today and I can't wait to see you showing up on LinkedIn. Yes. And I'll talk to you guys all next episode. Bye guys. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I am so excited that you were able to go through it and get some actionable tips out of it. For next steps, make sure you go to daniellecleum.com slash ad breakdown to get the complete ad breakdown around what one Insta ad did to help create 559 client leads and 20% sales increase and launch. Make sure to go ahead there to do that and DM me at I'm Danielle Clem to go in deeper to the conversation. And last but not least, make sure to leave a rating and review so that this podcast can get out to more amazing people like yourself.